We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, everybody. What's happening, y'all? And welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter-Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. And Gabe, amen, look, one of one, the one and not the two. Uh, I don't know, white mamba. Let's see, what else can we come up with? Listen, Diana Taurasi is her, okay? Let's just put that out there right now. The only player ever in the WNBA to score 10,000 points. And this is a player who personifies work ethic, sacrifice, dogged mentality. And when you have the late, great, iconic Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant, give you the moniker of White Mamba, you know you have to carry it forth. And I will tell you this, that night when she eclipsed 10,000 points. The fact that it was at the eight minutes and 24 second mark of the game at, in that quarter, I was about to pass out. <laughs> I was about to pass out. I mean, she needed 18 points coming into the game, right? And, and then what did she have? She had 10 42. at halftime. She had 42 at the end of the game. 42. And who wears number 42, Gabe? Oh, to wears 24? Oh, no, no, no. Who wears 42 on oh, the Mercury? I didn't even think about that. I'm just taking you down a little astrology rabbit hole. The, the, yes, the Kobe, the Kobe astrology numerology thing. Like, I don't believe in a lot of it. But some of it's too... Like, this one's a little bit like, did they plan this? Like, is, where, where are the script writers? No way. There's no way. There's no way. Just like Kobe's last game when he scored 60, how that wasn't scripted. That's how yeah. magical... That you know? felt when she, I mean, she had just hit, like she went in for a filet layup, boom, 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 right? And then she comes out, knocks down a three. I'm like, oh, and everybody's like swelling up, like, oh, she's about to get it. Oh, let's go, DT, boom, 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 boom. 
And then I'm telling organically on their very next offensive possession, bam, three ball. And everybody went crazy. And then the clock, I'm like, oh my God, the clock is at 824. <sighs> what in the world, man? Come on now. Well, you know, it, and then the last play, it's interesting too, because like it wasn't like the play was in the flow of the offense, but Diana changed the play. So I, I was watching this and I was like dissecting okay. it. And I was like, this is such a Diana Taurasi play. Like, yeah. So they, uh, the, the, the Mercury and a bunch of teams, the Mystics run a ton of this. The stagger yeah. in the corner, yeah. down in the corner, yeah. action to start the, the play. Mm-hmm. Um, and this play, they had run like a, like a touch action at the top with Diana and Mariah. And then there was a, a screen and then they were going into that pin down into the corner. And Diana waved them off. It was like, okay, we're not doing that. Because on the last few times that we had done that, last few times that she had done that play, she was able to come. And then the uh, whoever was covering her, I think at that point, it's still Ryan Howard. Howard would trail. And yeah. then the big would hedge. But, yeah. you know, still being dropped. So her best play was to always go towards the rim, towards the elbow. Yeah. So it was getting her two points, getting her layups, getting her pull-ups at the elbow. Yeah. Diana... She has a sense of uh, the situation, right? She wanted 10,000 points on a three in that moment. Yeah. And so she waved them off. They go into a different action. And then it's a, then they bring back that corner pin down where she's coming around. And she gets the three. And it was like, Come on. How, you know, this player is amazing. And then you look at the clock. And then you think about everything else that happened in the rest of the game. It's just like, she just has that, that sense of the moment. I don't, and Kobe did too, right? Like, it's the great ones that have it. Absolutely. And isn't that the play? That's what I was doing that. Didn't Kobe call the play like he's dribbling? Yeah. And he's like, get out yeah. the way. Yeah. That's that's get out of my way, please. Everybody out. Everyone else is going to take a quick seal on the bench. Oh, get a breather. You said quick seal. Pow, pow. You can hey, start man. running back in the, hey, in the later years. Five. Five. What'd you say? What'd you say? In the later years, just sending pal back to run on defense. <laughs> like, I'm shooting. That's right. No, hey, man. Listen. I thought that was so funny, you know. Um, who did that? Didn't Asia Wilson just do that? Didn't oh, she yeah. do that in the All-Star game? I don't know. It's just really funny to me. But that's, you know, you're right. It's the mentality of, you know, someone who is a, a huge competitor. And the fact that, and I'm going to go a little more with astrology, then I'm going to leave it alone because I'm not really right. heavy into that. I'm not super heavy. But when stuff like that happens, come on, that's real. Like, that's not, you know, theatrical. That's not, you know, what do you call it? Um you know, real housewives of the WNBA. Like we're not, we're not, we're not running a reality situation here, reality show where it's script or maybe scripted or whatever, whatever. But when you're talking about Diana Taurasi and her mentality and her mental makeup, she's a Gemini. So am I. So we're going to claim, we're going to claim DT. But look, the fact that she said, when you are at the level of, of a Diana Taurasi, the fact that she said the 10,000 points, that's a record for all of us, mm-hmm. right? And it was very kumbaya. It was very like, oh, throw up the heart, you know, like, you know, it's for, it's for all of us. And I felt that very sincerely and very genuinely from her. But she followed it up with the other side of Gemini, <laughs> which, you know, we're like, yay. And then we're like, mm, killer. Um, for her, she said, and... I have comfort in knowing that no one's ever going to beat that. 
<laughs> like, you have to love. I love that. I was laughing so hard. I was like, I totally identify. Like it's it's a great deal, you know. She's like, yeah. I mean, this is like for all every women's basketball player. Like this is like uh, this is for all of us. This is for everybody. And we're not even counting the points with USA Basketball at UConn, at AAU, uh, high school. Like we're not counting up all those big buckets and playing overseas in the Euro leagues and all that. Um, you know, and she missed a couple of years in the WNBA, you know, um, when she was injured and, and all of that. But I don't know. I just kind of love the, the two sides of the sword. <laughs> when she was like, oh, yeah, it's for everybody. And then she's like, and no one's ever going to get it. <laughs> I was like, no. I mean, it's just, it's extremely dangerous. And like, you know, we do, I'm sure you know, there's people out there who think we talk about Kobe too much. It might be fair. I don't know. But to me, uh, like never do that among, among Kobe's peers. Um, yeah. And even like, cause there's people who've come after Kobe who are emulating him in the same way he kind of emulated Jordan. Yeah. Right. So it all, it all comes down from that. But like among Kobe's peers, like there's no, I don't, there's not a lot of people like him, you know, like, the the person to me, the, what I'm getting at here is the person who, among Kobe's peers, reminds me the most of him is Diana, even yep. among the NBA guys, because wow. it's the same. It's the same mentality. Yep. It's the same sort of style of play. It's almost the same sort of style of leadership. Yeah, these kind of you could see why those two gravitated towards each other when they were in situations where they were together, because it was mm-hmm. like they have like that that. I, it's Mamba mentality. I don't know if, it, but I know we talk about that with a lot of people, but I'm saying like, just like the way they act, the way they lead, the way they played. Yeah. Is so similar. And the kind of energy they brought is similar. And like, it's, you don't find a lot of people who, you know, you look at them and you're like, Oh, you know, they love Kobe. They're playing like Kobe. Diana and Kobe just kind of organically got to the same point of being, of being very similar to each other. Absolutely. I mean, I wear, I wear this bracelet every day. Can you see, can you see my, it's okay. my, Yes. Mamba Sita, you know, uh, Gigi's way. I wear it every single day. Um, And I saw like when I was in Dallas for the final four, they were, they introduced several of the um, upcoming hall of fame inductees, right? Becky Hammond's going in, uh, which is going to be really fun to watch, but several. Dwayne Wade's going in. Dwayne Wade's going in. I know you love that. Um, But Pau Gasol was there, right? And we were sitting right there at the table and they were coming off the court and he was shaking hands with us and everything. And we both reached out and he had it on and I had it on. Oh. And I was like, dang, man. And it's stuff like that, like the exchange of um, common ground of understanding of, and I know that, I mean, I wasn't that close to Kobe, only interviewed him a couple of times. It, it's, I don't know. There was just something in that moment where we just know that his impact and Gigi's impact on the basketball world, you know, I, I think will will never go away. Like I wear it every day just as a constant reminder to be at my best. And sometimes it's not easy, but I think it's just a constant reminder. And I didn't wear this for today. I wear it every day. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's just a constant reminder that, you know, number one, life is short. Um, but number two, just to realize, you know, the mentality that you need, whether you're an athlete or not, like you're going to be a pro in something. Right. Yeah. And I think it's up to your, your mentality and your decisions that you make for yourself and your character that, that Kobe stood for. And I think that's why he's with Taylor Swift, you know, <laughs> and 
how you know she can sustain her excellence and do better each album because she's a killer. She has a killer mentality, and those are his words. So I, I just think it's um, it's just interesting to, like you said, understand like the the like mindedness of a Diana Taurasi and a, and a Kobe Bryant and Gigi too. She had it. She had it, and that's that's makes it even more heartbreaking that is that she had that, and uh, we don't get to see that evolve. And I, and I think, you know, to, to that point, too, it's like we do get and, and this is so great that we got to celebrate this with Diana. Like, this is an yeah. awesome moment. She already had the scoring record. So it's yeah. like, you know, we're not going to get another scoring milestone unless it was this one. On, and she stuck around. And I don't know. She may play another like five years. I, like it's Diana Taurasi. She's hey, going to. She's, I don't know. she's she killing people. Like forty-two, like she's killed. Like twenty-five-year-olds don't have forty-two. Like she's and in she her forties. What'd you say? Uh, we could. We should talk a little bit more about her actual performance in the game because she was straight up cooking people. And like early on, Atlanta was just trying to play, you know, defense, and you know they weren't trying to like really stop Diana. It wasn't like that wasn't their initial goal in the game. I think was right. not to just no. go after Diana, and so. She got some buckets just based on like good action. I thought actually the Mercury played a really good game in terms of running their actions well, setting their screens well, mm -hmm. you know, getting into their secondary as well. Yeah. Not not letting the ball stick, which is crazy in a game where Diana Taurasi had 42 points. Um, <laughs> but she was really getting everything in the flow of the offense. And yeah. then Atlanta started to say, okay, we have to stop her. You know, it was kind of after that she got the 10K and then she got to like 24 and they were like, okay, mm -hmm. we have to stop her now. Yeah. And so then, then by that time, you know, the, the switch, it was flipped. Yeah, and she's, in one, she's in the mode. She's in the mode. It was like she had like 20 points in like the early third quarter, and then she exploded, and then they had to start fouling her. But yeah. she had one where she like – it's Alicia Gray. This is a top-tier defender in this league. Yeah. She had her just like in the palm of her hands, you know, little baby in the, in the top of the key, just boom, sh shoulder bump, come Got back it. out, hit you. Then come down next time, fake the shoulder bump, give you a spin. It was like it was it was it was it was like watching that Kobe sixty point game as well because you're like, you know, he's got this. Yeah. The thing about Diana was like it was so it wasn't. You could tell she wasn't like trying to get to like she she didn't think she was going to score for you that night because the way she started yeah. the game was just so in the yeah. flow of the offense and then she just got going and then Atlanta was it was just it was just too late for them by the time they figured out that they had to foul her. Because all they could do was grab her. Because at some point you have to say, I "I'm not letting the senior citizen beat me." Right? <laughs> like I, I said, someone as like a as like a, a player. Obviously, yeah. Diana's one of the greatest of all time. But in your mind, you're like, she's 40. Like I need to do something. Like I need to hit her or get her on the ground, make her do something. But but then it was too late, uh, and Atlanta just hadn't got her out of her flow. And yeah. I just thought Diana played great, and the Mercury deserve a lot of credit for playing that really nice, fluid offense. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. You know what? I think just going back to what you said about her being, uh, you know, in her 40s now, um, I just think, listen, mentally, she's going to beat you. I don't care. Physically, you might be stronger, faster, younger, right? But mentally, she's going to be more fierce than you 10 times out of 10, okay? And I'm going to take some words from my girl, LaChina Robinson. It's a smoke show. Mm -hmm. At that point, it's a smoke <laughs> show. Like, there's nothing you can do with that because she's going to beat you mentally. You can try to bump her or whatever, right? But quite honestly, I'm going to take a player who is stronger than you mentally over somebody who's stronger physically. 
because the mental strength and the mental toughness and the competitive fire is going to win you more games than someone being physically gifted, right? Or, or physically stronger or younger, right? I'm going to take somebody who has the, the maturity and, you know, vets over rookies. That's what I'm saying. Well, and, and we talked about Atlanta last week, kind of having trouble, um, you know, converting, converting their talent into, you know, kind of that cohesive unit. And I think in this game, it kind of came out again, where it was like, they didn't, they didn't like have, they didn't have a good plan up front. And it's like, like, okay, okay, we're going to adjust. But then they just like, they don't take you out of what you want to do. Right. Like, they may force you to a secondary action, but it's like, okay, we're still getting the ball where we want to in that spot, even if they deny the first option. Yeah. And, you know, I think for Atlanta this time, it was just, they had to, they had to, I don't even know if it was adjust because it was too late. Like you could have done anything to Diana Taurasi by the mid third quarter. It's like, okay, we have no choice. Like she's just yeah. going to get buckets if she wants buckets. And yeah. it's kind of a, you know, you ever hear that, that country song by Toby Keith? I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Oh, no, but I'm going to listen to that. Cause that fits me. But, like, Oh, that's like, gonna be Hey, <laughs> I can't, you can't. Hey, when you get older, right. That's the thing that changes. Sometimes, oh, you know, your knee just hurts and it's like, you can't play pickup, but then sometimes it doesn't hurt and then you can power through. Or sometimes you hit a couple buckets and you're like, I don't care how much my knee is hurting. Oh, go. I'm going to, I'm going to play this game because play. this might, this might be it. That's right. But Lay it on the line. I, th- I just <laughs> think Diana got going. She got downhill and she was like, Hey, I got. I at least got the today in me. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe I got to rest <laughs> tomorrow. But like today I got it in me. Yeah, she did, man. It was it was beautiful to watch. And I think, you know, just the um, the celebrations and the videos and all of the comments by everyone in the sports world, like football, basketball, WNBA, NBA, NFL, like everybody gave her her flowers and her respect and you know, as they should, right? I mean, this is something, I mean, I think we get spoiled sometimes when we watch generational players like that. And, you know, I I just think that it's, it can't be understated to me, for me, because it's uncommon. Like this is something that is not a common situation. It's not a common entity for someone to be able to uh, mentally wear you out, okay? (laughs) Like take you down. so and, and over the course of 20 years, like we're talking about the sustainability of excellence for a player like Diana Taurasi. And uh, I know, you know, they had the side by side with LeBron. Right. But, you know, and I think who said this? I think it was Deborah Peters. And, I, and um, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I saw so many like comments yeah. about, about the side by side picture um, that the question was, had it been reversed timeline wise? would they have put, like if, if LeBron got his record, like this season coming up rather than already achieving it, like if he got it in November of this year, um, would they put up, oh, look at LeBron, it's just like Diana. Like would, would it, and it's, it made me think yeah. about it because I'm like, oh, okay, you know, are we still chasing respect? Or have we actually earned that respect as women who are professional basketball players, have we earned that respect on our own and not needing, um, you know, to quantify that achievement by comparing it to what someone in the NBA has done? Like, okay, so does that, does that 
confirm that um, if it's flipped, okay, and LeBron gets it this year in November, he hasn't gotten it yet. Let's just think Diana just got it. LeBron gets it in December, okay, whatever. And, you know, we see on social media, oh, look, Diana Taurasi did it in August, and now look, LeBron James did it. What does that feel like to to the viewers? Like, what does that feel like for the fans? And what does that feel like for our youngsters, boys and girls, right? What are we what are we looking at in that? And I'm I'm just asking the question because I think it's um I think it's Natalie Achanwa who said that. Matter of yeah. fact, I think it was. I think it was Natalie. Wasn't there another post about um it was like some something that was that seemed a little bit more derisive, but it was kind of like mm -hmm. the same idea of like, you know. Yeah. Oh, like look at the the two accompl the set of accomplishments of these great players. And I'm trying to talk about them. Right, I feel that, but I mean, would I, I, would no, I, said, been, I was saying like that been, was like say it again. So yeah, I I you know I remember there was some sort of controversy, and, I, and maybe it was about this post. Um, and I'm 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 in agreement with you. I mean, I don't think I don't think that would happen, frankly, for LeBron. And frankly, why does LeBron matter in this situation? Like if for Diana, and like, and to your point, and and, and I, like women have earned the respect they don't need confirmation that's what i'm trying it's just, to hear it's they don't and and to okay. me and to to fans of the game if you you know i love i love basketball i love when women play basketball i love when men play basketball i love when anyone plays basketball Period. right so for me i don't need to think about lebron in in uh when diana tarasi is, is doing her accomplishment we don't need to think about kobe when diana is doing a uh, diana is making her accomplishments it just was com it's comforting and nice and like it was in, there's more of a there's a That's deeper it. connection right it's a, it's a deeper connection than just like oh these two players are great and played at the same time like yeah. no there's a real connection between you know Diana and Kobe right and so like that's why the heat comes right. up but to me it's like yeah we don't need like i wish it's a certain company in Connecticut who does this a lot um that you know post these stuff and it's just to get you know kind of likes and clicks and 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 people to say hey, you know they're saying hey people like lebron right that's yeah. what their data analytics say. people like to click on pictures of lebron well let's put a picture of lebron with a picture of a wmba player so that people click on it and then maybe they'll watch a wmba or i just I'm, I'm sure that is what the social media need that formula yeah. says right but really yeah. if you just say like hey diana 10,000 points congratulations mm -hmm. from you know everyone you know here's the list of of players who have scored who are on the all-time scoring list for the WNBA this is how far ahead she is these yeah. are some of her greatest plays like that's the kind of Instagram post that I think really would make sense for WNBA in terms of if you, yeah. if you want the game to grow and you want players to be seen for who they are and to be respected just for their own accomplishments which everyone in this league deserves you don't need to compare them they, and I think, and there's such a cool thing in this, like, that's one of the things I want to talk about was the all-time scoring list in this league. And like, who else is on it? Who's active? Like, who may get to this point? That's what we talk about when we talk about LeBron's. And like, yeah. so that's kind of what I think the conversation should be. It should be more like the one we had when we were talking about LeBron. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, if you ask Diana who's going to beat it, she already told you nobody's going to get it. So I, mean, I, I have a theory. Like, I have two, I have two picks. I'll tell you in a sec, but. Don't to make <laughs> you have two picks. So well, I think didn't didn't uh, people said that there are a couple people that have more points at a certain juncture of their career than Diana did. Who who was that though? Well, I mean, if you want to take two two guesses. Oh, yeah, um, I know one of them. 
it's it's Asia, Asia and Brianna Stewart. I, I uh, Asia Wilson Brianna Stewart. Yeah. Those two, I mean, like I don't have the exact points, but I did I did do like the math of like, okay, entering their age 28 season for Brianna, age 26 season, I think, for Asia or age 25. Mm -hmm. They're like right on pace with Diana, yeah. right? And Brianna lost some years there too. She did. Uh, just like Diana did. Asia's, you know, been lucky to be healthy and, and hasn't missed anything. So, but here's the other thing. There's more games now. 40 games this year. More games, probably a little bit more rest for at least those two because they're not going to be going overseas. Yeah. There's going to be more time to recover and get better. Good point. I think they have a really good chance, right? Good and and you, you look at the other – so the next closest player all time, Tina Thompson, has 7,488. The act, the next active player is actually Dewana Bonner, former teammate of Diana Taurasi, right. with 6,694. Uh, so she'll probably get to you know, seven – She'll, she, Dewana will get up there, but like, yeah, she can probably have enough years to get to, to the point where Diana is. So it's like, yeah, Asia and Brianna should be the players that have a chance, hypothetically, of reaching it. That's kind of, that's kind of great for the league. That's awesome for the league. And I think, you know, it, just going back to, you know, standing alone in the achievement without mm -hmm. being compared uh, outside of the WNBA, um, I just think that when you have, um, that respect, like if LeBron made a post about Diana, then post that, yeah. <laughs> you know, that if you want to show the respect of the moment, right. Um, you know, show the comments. And I think they clipped off a bunch and maybe they did do that yeah. as well. Um, because they had, I think it was like some graphic where they had like a ton of comments yeah. that were made by several different people. And I, and I love that too, but at the same time, like we're not, we don't need that, I don't think. Um, and I think if you ask both of them, if you ask LeBron and you ask Diana, I, and I'm not putting words in their mouth, I'm speculating, obviously, but I would think they're on the same page as us with with that. Like the achievement stands on its own without having to be measured up against something else in a different league by a different person by you know um, to to quantify how heavy that that achievement is. Um, I don't know. I just, I've been kind of just marinating with it over the last couple of days. And, and that just, you know, I'm like, oh, she did that. She yeah. did that. And let's, let's give her that moment by herself. Right. Well, um, and I think the, his the history, feel, feel it. Hmm. One thing I, I love history. I'm a history. I was a history major in college. Uh, oh. Actually, I was broadcast journalism, history minor. No, oh. to be technical about it. So okay. I love history. But like what we're going to look back on in history, really. Yeah is we're going to see Diana's name at the top of the list. And we're going to know that she was the first one to get to 10K. And honestly, you know what? I couldn't figure out which NBA player was the first one to get to 10K. I didn't do that much research because I, I, didn't, I didn't like have that much time. But I'm thinking it was Wilt, but like I couldn't find out. And it's like, you know, we live in the day and age where everything is chronicled. Right. And, you know, we in the future... Hey, maybe the Instagram post saying that you got 10,000 points is in our, you know, quote unquote history book, whatever, you know, thing we're looking at for the history of WNBA. Yeah. But that post about LeBron won't make it. And I, and I think that's mm -hmm. kind of the point, right? It's like when you're creating this content, interesting. Yeah. You got to think about, you know, what's going to, what, yeah, the conversation now may be whatever, but mm -hmm. what is the conversation you want to create going forward, especially for these type of events? Exactly. Like, how, how do we want to cover it? Go and I think you know we'll look back and we'll see the good stuff. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, I am, I'm hopeful that we don't have to do that anymore. Like yeah. LeBron, great. Love LeBron. Great guy. Awesome. I, he should have never left Miami, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but like, we don't need to talk about him when we're, when we're talking about Diana. Right. No, I agree. And uh, you know, I just think that it's, it, it's, and I, I, I don't know. I would like to maybe do a poll. We should do a poll on, on social media, I don't on wherever and, and get people to see what they think about that. I think it's worthy. I would like, I'm just intrigued by, by that. And, and not that I want to do a poll to see how many people agree with us, but I'd like to hear the conversation on what that feels like for people and, and what that truly looked like when they saw it and their initial reaction. Like, what was your initial reaction when you saw it? And um, were you good with it or does it need to be adjusted some way? I think it would be interesting to find out. I mean, the WNBA has some fantastic fans and, you know, they're invested in the growth of the game. They're invested in um, these achievements and milestones and, and how they have been achieved, right? Not that just that they have been achieved, but the sacrifice that has gone in to achieve these, these gaudy, outrageous, epically successful goals, um, you know, by, by these iconic women and let them be that. That's all I'm saying. I, 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 I want to know what people think. I, I want to know what people think about, about that. So can we put that up somehow? I will try fine, but you can let us know in the comments if you're on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, know in the comments, man. Come, come hit us up on the Twitters. Hit us up. Uh, at her hoop stats on, on Twitter as well. Let yeah. Us let us know what you think. Um, like yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I'm interested too. I'm not. Uh, I'm not that interested though. I mean, I'm not angry. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not angry, but I'm intrigued. I've heard a lot of fan yeah, opinions. Angry is not the right word. I, I'm just. I just want to see. I just want to see what what that felt like for everybody. Yeah. That's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm not in an, in an adversarial tone or mode. I'm not like that, but I am. No. You know, I have my we own can be in an adversarial tone. We can be in an adversarial tone as much as we want. I'm constantly in an adversarial tone. I live my life in an adversarial tone just for the open. most part. But like, uh, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. To me, like, I, I've been like kind of off uh, social media in terms of like oh. for the WNBA. I've only been, <laughs> been getting a lot of like wrestling and oh. tennis content, which is great because like I love wrestling. It's SummerSlam tonight. Go Seth. Uh, and then I've been watching a lot of tennis. So it's like my whole sports world in terms of like the WNBA has just been me watching the games and it has so much improved my enjoyment of like the sport. Cause like all I'm doing is like, I get to watch these games. I get to see the actions. I get to see the players. I get to see these great, yeah. you know, people that I, I yeah. want to see do well, do well or not do well. And then figuring out how to change that or continue it. So it's like, I've, I've like, I don't know. I would recommend that to, to people. Like, take a take a take a couple. Of, you know, don't look at your phone. Unplug. 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 Unplug and moose hot down. That's that's why I'm so zen and not zen constantly too. yelling. <laughs> not constantly adversarial. Spe speaking of uh, real basketball, do you want to talk? You want to talk a little uh, real basketball? Yes. Always. Well, not that Diana's not real basketball, but no, but I know. But like outside court, of yeah. milestones, yeah. On on the court, on the court. Um, but we do have a milestone because Aces Liberty tomorrow at 3 p.m. on ABC. This is the second meeting of these teams this year. 
think going to feel a little different than the first one because, you know, New York has kind of settled in. They look better. They've won a few games. They beat the Lynx uh, last night, so it was Friday. Yeah. And they're looking good. So this is their first of four meetings this month, including the Commissioner Cup Final. And, I mean, this is huge. This is like the biggest game of the season so far. Yes. Um, If the Aces win, they'll go a full month without a loss. Their last month, their last loss was on July 6th. That's cool. So if they, or no, so their last loss was on July 7th. So if they win tomorrow, they will have gone an entire month without losing a basketball game, which is insane. They have won. (laughs) It would would be their ninth straight game. Um, They are already, they've had three separate seven plus game win streaks this season. Uh Three of them things. Only one team has had a seven-game win streak this year. Only one other team, and that was Atlanta. I was has had a seven-game win streak this year. Yeah, yeah. They are the team. They're already the team with the most eight-plus game win streaks since night since uh 2020. Wow. In the past four years, they they lead the league in in longest win streaks because when they get rolling, they roll. Yeah. And they're rolling over folks and. Yeah. Christy, I mean, you know, maybe maybe I'm overstating the importance of this game, no. but like, what do you think we're gonna learn here from this one? Okay, man, so many things, right? And it's not just gonna be wins and losses, right? I think mm-hmm. what we're going to learn from this game is how succinct and how smooth John Quill Jones has yeah. evolved in the last several games for New York. Now, listen slow out of the gates when they came to dc we had a chance to talk to sandy brondello about that i asked her you know mm-hmm. hey you know what what has been the biggest challenge or hurdle for her to to get acclimated to this new team and and all these moving parts now with Sloot and stewie and like you know it's it's different and a new coach like there are a lot of different layers to this thing and she just said you know she just needs to you know just let the game come to her and i know mm-hmm. that's something that coaches say all the time but it is it's it's conceptual but it's also rhythmic it's a feel like you have to get used to who you're playing with you have to know where they're moving when they're moving why they're moving in certain situations on both sides it's not just offensive chemistry when we're talking chemistry is everything okay um and you have to know your personnel like it's not just your opponent's you have to know the personnel of. You got to know your personnel who you're playing with too, and know where their sweet spots are, and have them know where you want the ball too. So I think it's been um, an adjustment, but I think John Quell Jones is getting really comfy right now. And I think what this game is going to show more than anything is how much of an X factor she can be at the mm. end of the day. Like, what's she going to look like? Because in that game against Minnesota, I believe they had um, 17 offensive rebounds. She was yeah. a huge part of that. Okay. And they scored 26 second chance points. So if that's going to be, is that going to be an X factor situation where she at six, six, right. Is going to command the glass and against the team like Vegas. I mean, obviously Candace Parker, all sending prayers out to her, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, but that surgery on her foot, she'll be good, but they're missing her. But then you have Alicia Clark, who's been magnificent this season for Las Vegas coming off the bench. I mean, she's right now my sixth player of the year. I mean, I I mean, there are other people who are in line, but right now, you know, the fact that again, best player on the best team, what category are we talking about? Yeah. So boom, there she is, Boom Clark. Um, but I think, you know, size wise, 
I think New York may have an advantage. Well, and and I think on the you glass, know on the glass on the glass. I'm not saying overall winning losing. I'm saying on the boards. Yeah, well, because and, of how and, they played last night. And and you'd hope so. I mean, John Quell and Asia have played some awesome games against each other in the past. Um, I think you know also John Quell is a, is a player who plays her plays herself more into shape as the season goes on. So she gets be- she gets in better shape as the season goes on. A lot of players you know too. tend to get more fatigued. She seems yeah. to get more in shape. She seems to pick up her conditioning. As the yeah. year goes on, you hope that continues throughout the playoffs. Um, but man, I mean, you're talking about her offensive rebounding, and that's so huge for them. Because I mean, look, you, there's easy ways to get buckets in basketball. Yeah. They're in transition, which hey, okay, you know, New York can be re- good at that. Um, they're certainly yeah. not going to be better than Las Vegas in that category. No. And no. Especially if they get, if you look at this as a series preview, yeah, you're saying as New York, like we're favored if this if this goes into a more uh half court game quarter court as chrissy likes to say, i like to say half court. Court, court um so ha- half court if it comes into more of a half court game i think that favors new york so i think they're hoping to get that out so how do you get easy buckets in the half court well offensive rebounding is one of them if you can be yeah. bigger and, and put the ball back you're going to be much better off and you know yeah. you mentioned john paul playing uh better lately She's had one, two, three games of, of five plus offensive rebounds and then a bunch with more than two. And it seems like those kind of those rebounds really help her get going because she's been scoring a lot more. And right. it, gets, it gets her going defensively, too, you know, because if you're getting rebounds, guess what the other team is not doing? They're not getting out in transition in transition. So it's a huge factor. I'm glad you brought up John Qual. I think that's it's it's one of the X factors. They, the New York needs John Qual to be at her elite level. To yeah. beat Las Vegas, they needed a lot of other things to go correctly as well. But yeah. like, that's one that is an absolute necessary part of it. And so to see her playing well is huge. But to talk about who's going to win and lose, I don't know if I'm doing. That. <laughs> I, hey man, listen. It's way, tough. Oh God, the way the Aces are playing, man, it's like. I think Chelsea Gray said it best. I don't know. I was watching a game and. She had a halftime interview. It was an extended interview, not just on the court, a couple questions, but like an extended taped situation. And she was talking about how, you know, last year they were all learning, mm-hmm. right? And I remember I had them in the postseason. I had them in the first mm-hmm. uh, in the first round against Phoenix in that whole series. And, you know, that was kind of the the running vibe was, hey, we're it's a process. Like every single game we're learning Becky Hammond as a coach, like we're learning about each other on the floor. Right. Um, And with Chelsea Gray, obviously running the show supremely well, actually. Um, I mean, phenomenal. And now this year for her to say last year was a year of adjustment and they won the whole thing. Okay. Uh, Last year was a year of adjustment and learning and, and understanding one another. And this year we trust each other. Right. We know. Like there's such a, a strong, high level of, of camaraderie, of understanding your KYP uh, on your own team and in your locker room. And I mean, we're talking about, you know, players who have won titles we, and not just in Las Vegas. OK, with Gray winning in L.A., uh, Parker winning several, you know, in L.A. and then in Chicago and then coming here this year trying to get another one, um, you know, and then Clark in Seattle winning them so you know you have champion 
a, a champion mindset in that locker room. And I'm not even going to talk about Becky Hammond and how she yeah. set the table like so well uh, for this group. But the fact that, you know, last year was a year of adjustment. This year, it's a, a season of trust and, and oh. camaraderie. And that has been, I mean, in a two loss season, <laughs> that has been impressive. It's been spectacular to watch too. And it's so exciting because you feel, you feel, and for me, basketball is always going to be a feel. It's going to be a feel when you call a timeout. It's going to be a feel when, you know, things aren't going right. It's going to be a feel when you're running something, you shouldn't be running that. Like it's all about how the game feels and you have to go with that moment. Like you, it feels like that right now. You can't let that go, 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 go. Cause then you're going to lose. Okay. You have to make in-game pivots. You got to make adjustments. And I just think that, for this team um, to be beaten, they're going to have to beat themselves. Like I said, it. <laughs> they're going to have to beat themselves. And whether you force them to beat themselves, that's another story for another day. But I mean, the way they are rolling so comfortably, they're going to have to not be at their best in terms of their effectiveness or efficiency, um, their impact, you know, as a group is going to have to wane in some way. Um, well, here's here's the problem. Take another L, like this. I and I agree with you, and they have to lose yeah. at some point because no one's like, no, not you just can't. I mean, well, maybe I'm wrong, but like they have to lose at some point. It's gonna, they're going to lose more than two games this year. I'll I'll put the I'll put a bet on that. Well, um, we betting Barry Farms. We betting. Uh, uh, I'll just do like 15 pushes. Still owe me that. I'll you lost that bet. That was the pay, That was the fever bet. Oh, I did. I did lose. Oh, no, it I have to go very. It's during the college season. I don't know. We'll just say fifteen push-ups. Okay. Well, do you not? Do you think they're going to lose it again this year? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just on me. It's just on me. If the if the aces do not, if the aces okay. finish the season with two losses, I'll do fifteen push-ups if I can on this podcast. I don't know. At, if I do at Barry Farms. <laughs> That's a long. No, I don't know why I keep. What's up, y'all? Very I'll hard. let Jordan. I'll let Jordan dunk on me. Okay, he would love that. By the way, okay, you know. done, done, done. We'll let Jordan dunk on me if Aces. He's a new grasshopper, man. He's he's got some bump. Yeah, that's that's what that'll be the plan. All right, so if the Aces finish the season with two losses, Jordan Scott will dunk on me, and right. we'll put it we'll put it on the podcast. We'll put it on. Yeah, we'll put the video up. But so here, <laughs> like my thing with the Aces right now, and the more I watch him, the more I feel like this is like true like the the crux of the problem mm -hmm. well other than asia wilson because if asia wilson if asia wilson touches the ball like any within like five feet of the elbow it's two points so mm -hmm. there's nothing you could do about that uh, yeah. but the other problem is like who do you get the ball who do you get the like who do you try to shut off because all right you're not gonna you're not gonna shut off asia no she's, she's too big she's too strong she's too fast what are you gonna do with chelsea gray She's Thank playing you. on a different planet at the moment. She's playing on a different freaking planet. You hey, cannot man. stop. She's not playing point guard. She's playing God. Like, forget <laughs> point guard. I don't understand, like, what is happening. She is out of control. Hey, man. All right, so let's say somehow, let's say somehow that we're able to get the ball out of Chelsea Gray's hands. The team also has two of the other best point guards in the league. Hello. Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young are starting point guards on Kill. every single other team in this league. And they play together, and they're yeah. playing out of their minds, both of them. Both of them. Both of them. And Bam. it's like sometimes, like, Jackie, it, I don't understand Jackie Young because, like, she never looks like she's trying that hard. 
You, have, you know what I'm saying? Smooth, man. She's like the ocean, man. She's like, and the facial expressions, like, there's not, there's like, it's not like a lack of emotion. It's just like, I don't like, I don't know how hard. Like, it feels like you're not trying that hard. And then I watch you on the court, and you're doing stuff that like maybe four people in this league can do. And yeah. it's like, can you break a sweat, please? Like, can I see you sweat just for my own mentality? No. So this team. And, and Kirsten Bell is coming along, scoring more. And like you mentioned, Alicia Clark's fitting in perfectly. I love she her. Yeah. her job. Like, I don't see – I'm with you. Aces got to beat themselves. But, like, the Liberty at the very least, you you do sit there and say – and let me know if you do agree. Like, yeah. this is the team that ha- – they have enough. They have enough to compete and win a series against the Aces. But, mm-hmm. like, the way everyone's playing now I know is very unlikely. But you would agree, right? Like, do, they do at least have the conceptual way of getting there. No, no question. But to me, the 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 idea of them being consistent is my biggest concern, right? And mm-hmm. and yes, they possess an incredible wealth of experience, knowledge. Um, they're developing their chemistry, so all of these things are bonuses for them. All of these things are pluses mm-hmm. for them. But can you do that on a consistent basis against this team in Las Vegas? Like, can you do it? Um, and that's going to be the challenge. That's another thing. Okay, if we're making a list of things, okay, the number one thing is John Quill Jones, how impactful will you your presence and production be in this game? Okay, that's mm-hmm. the number one thing. Number two thing would be, okay, for Las Vegas, are you going to beat yourselves? Like, can you stay focused to the game plan and execute the way you've been executing and go undefeated for the, for a month? Can you do that? Okay. And then now our third thing is New York. Can you be consistent yeah. with, with who you have and what you know you have, right? You can look around the locker room like boom, boom, boom. Yep. We can go do this. But can you stay locked in for the entire game and not have lulls where there's either miscommunication defensively or, you know, you just have issues on the offensive end where the ball is just not falling in the basket. And, and, and to your point, we've seen that night, with them. Yeah, it's every night. There's a, it seems like there's every night. There's a quarter where the Liberty look normal. You know, last night against the Liberty, probably say the third quarter. They, yeah. they like stretch there between the second and third quarter. They look pretty normal. Yeah. They look like they did. They weren't a team with Sabrina Nescu who's shooting the lights out. Yeah, with Brianna Stewart, who's one of the best players in this league, with the former MVP and John Cole Jones, with the great yeah. one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. And, so, and like at times, you you look at them and you kind of forget that that's a team. And you know, the bench has been um, up and down this year. Yeah, except that we didn't really expect. We expected the bench to be a strength. The the depth just hasn't uh, come together. Been there. Uh, and yeah. missed, uh, you know, it's been missing time, and you know, there's just it, it's been kind of a revolving door, and and there's players that are not performing up their capabilities who are now kind yeah. of coming through and kind of learning. Mm-hmm. And so that's big. So the lib, I, I think they're coming together, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's going to happen now. And so <laughs> like at this point, you know, we're, I feel like these games, the next, what we have this one and then three more between yeah. the two teams, these are all going to be big turning points, big, yeah. big turning points. Well, hopefully it's a, if you're a Liberty fan, you're hoping it's a turning point. <laughs> so we're saying, you know, we're a really good team. We are the second best team in this league, but we are not sure we can be the first best team. We're not sure we yeah. can beat the Aces. And I'm, that's where I'm at. Maybe mm-hmm. other people are, are, are past that, but I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm not sure 
they can do it. And to be fair, I'm not sure any team can do it. I'm talking like you can pick any historical team. I'm yeah. going to have trouble picking them against this Aces squad at the moment because they are just right now they're playing some of the best basketball I've ever, ever, ever seen yeah. in this league. And it's yeah. just like, I, I don't know. I mean, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's fun, insane. man. Their, their style of play is so much fun, man. I mean, you sit and watch them, and it's not even tactical. Right? I'm not talking about the actions they run. I'm just talking about the way that they play. They play hard, okay? And they play smart. Like, you do those two things, everything else is easy. You play hard, you play smart. And and you play together, right? Those and three things fun. for them is like, I mean, no other team obviously is doing that better right now. Those three things. And they have fun. They talk to you. It's just like I love it. I love it. I love the, I love the way they play. Um, and you, and they do try so hard. And that's why I'm always shocked. I'm always shocked when I'm looking at Jackie Young, as like a, like another person. I'm like, I know you're trying hard. I can see it. I can see the way you're playing. But like, you still look like you're kind of like gliding. That's exactly know. her. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. Um, I've heard it said about other players. Um, well, I won't say. We already said his name today, so I'm not going to like say it again. Um, someone who's going to dunk on you if you lose the bet. Anyway, <laughs> but I've, I've heard him be described in this way. And it's almost like yeah. the same things that you're saying. Um, someone said that he had effortless effort. And I think that's what Jackie Young has, right? It's like it's it, 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 you look up and all of a sudden she has 28 points. <laughs> and it doesn't feel like it because... She gets all of her stuff so easily and it's within their their concepts and their spacing. So it's not like she's firing up shots, right? Or forcing, forcing, forcing actions or, or opportunities. Like these opportunities are in a flow. And that's why we're, we're describing her in that way. Like she's like a maestro with that thing. Like she's so smooth. Like her game is, is just like that. And I think there was, you know how they do the, where they walk down the hallway and they're all yeah. clapping and they do their little, hey, let's go. We got game day. Like, I miss that so much. I mean, I miss playing, but I also miss, like, that's that's some great stuff. Right? Yeah. Locker room circles and everybody's having a good old time. I miss that, man. But when uh, when it was her turn, like, to do something, yeah. like, she had a ponytail and or whatever. And she just did one of these. Like, she just <laughs> like that. And that was it. And we were like, yeah, Jackie's ready. You know, so it's everybody's different. But she, on the inside, she's definitely obviously had, you know, she has a fire in there. Sometimes you don't have to display it all the time. But I just thought that was so cute that she just flicked the ponytail and that was like her deal. Like everybody else is like doing the whole <laughs> TikTok, well, whatever. And, it is. And, she's and, she, like, and you're right. She just never takes a bad shot. I mean, she's shooting, she's shooting 47.3% uh, from three on five threes a game, which I, that has not been done in this Dang. league. Um, and it's ma- it's mainly because she just doesn't take bad shots. She just plays within that flow of the offense, and it, it really helps when somehow one of the best players in the league is like arguably the fourth best player on this team. That's crazy. Somehow, arguably, you can put anyone in that position. It's just like um, she's just crushing, and the team is just great. So we'll see. Maybe yeah. maybe there is a, a way that this team falls. Uh, I don't think they're gonna fall back down to earth necessarily. They're gonna <laughs> remain on whatever planet they're playing basketball. Yeah, um, but. Maybe this is a turning point. Maybe we, maybe now the Liberty can find something in this game, whether they win or not, to take forward going into the rest of the season. Because the Aces, like, you're right. It, yeah. It's not it, like the tactics are cool, and I, I've been watching them. I'm pulling like, out their plays, but it's not. You know, I really, don't, I'm not sure how many like sets they have. Yeah. They have their. 
concepts. Okay, we're running. Hey, we're gonna start this in a stagger. Everyone read everything. Chelsea, like mm-hmm. always, have your head up because the ball may appear in your hands from Chelsea Gray. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm like. You know, okay, we'll do we'll do this now out of horns. Hey, we're gonna do horns. Everyone just like hang out and read it, and yeah. like you're getting. You know, they cut back door really well. They just read the defense really well, and it's like, it's not. You can't. It's a, a lot of stuff you can't teach. You just can't no. teach that 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 familiarity that comes from being the champion, right? Um, so that's three p.m. Sunday on ABC. Uh, you will not be watching that game live no, at the very least because, because. the Mystics hey. are playing. The Sparks, and they finally got a win. Oh, got it. That felt like <laughs> they got the dub. Hey, I know it was only a three-game losing streak, but man, that felt like a long, long. And it was on the road. I mean, when you lose, like they had three games on the road that you lose, so it's like you're traveling. And it was every other day, basically. They had those games. I mean, was it Wednesday, Friday, Sunday? I mean, dang. And then they came back, rested, recovered themselves. Um, you know, had two really strong days of practice ahead of the game yesterday against LA. So it's a double dip with them. But I just think, you know, the way that, that they've been playing in the absence of four really phenomenal players uh, because of injury, but LA was missing players too. I mean, sending, you know, healing prayers to everybody, but um, Lexi Brown, who had a, an amazing beginning of the season in LA, um, missed several games, I believe 11 games, and then um, came back a little bit after the all-star break and unfortunately went back out again with non-COVID illness. So, you know, it's just hard. And we were talking to Kurt Miller ahead of the game yesterday and he was saying, Hey, with their, their four being out and our four being out, you know, if if they were a team of eight, that would be a hard out in the playoffs. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, that's like, that's like a hefty portion of your offense. And I, I think for Washington has been, you know, 40% of their offenses has been missing with injuries. So, you know, no excuses to be made. I mean, reality is what it is. And, you know, be a dead horse and say it over and over. But that's what's happening. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the issue. Yeah. But the fact that Washington was able to get a two-point win yesterday and now, you know, with one day in between, turn right back around and run it back. I mean, so this is going to be a hungry L.A. team, obviously. And Washington, too. Yeah. But whoever loses in that first game, you know, they're going to come back a little stronger. <laughs> In the oh, next game, because it's like, dang, we were one one possession away. And you're talking about one turnover, a couple free throws, like, you know, layup that we miss. Yeah, and that's why I say there's no such thing as little things because of that. Right? Everything's a big thing. And that's why I'm like, you know, everything every, every, out here, like, you got to do your job, right? Um, but, I mean, I'm saying that as a coach, not like just yeah. for whatever. Kurt Miller, who was wonderful, but I just think that you know when you when you look back and you see you know one possession, where do we where do we leave that on the cutting room floor? Where do we leave that? Um, so I think there's going to be some swift adjustments by both teams, right? Because even when you win, there's adjustments to be made. Okay, so um, I think so when be- you lose, there's a lot more adjustments. There are more <laughs> when you lose, but there there's not it's not like you win and say, oh, let's go get some shots up Saturday and come back mm-hmm. and play again. Like there's still some, you know, some wrinkles you want to smooth out for the game, even though you want it. Um, but yeah, the list is probably a little longer if you lose it. <laughs> it's not you. Well, I think the thing is, it's a lot easier to convince yourself to make adjustments after you lose, because you you're know, like, wait, like, what do we do? Like, yeah, we need, change, we need a change, right? When you, you know, no one's ever saying, well, you can try to say we need to change stuff after a win, but not a lot of people are going to listen to you. Like, hey, we just want, we feel great. It's not going to change a whole lot. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, but if, so for in this game, I mean, I think the LA is actually just very like they got so unlucky. I think there was like a lot of t- moments in this game where they could have taken momentum. And it was just a bad bounce. I mean, I, I think right at the end of the game, maybe like 50 seconds left, Mystics had a couple looks at really good looks for at layups. And, you know, they, they smoked them, they missed them. And then, you know, ball bounces up, bounces across three sparks, hands out of bounds, going to the Mystics. And it was like, they had a bunch of moments like that. So if you're the sparks, you know, you're almost saying like, we should have broken through. But I think also for the Mystics, like you look at the way the, the, the score, the, the box score, and you're like, well, uh, Brittany Sykes only had seven points, you know, and she missed a lot of easy, she missed a lot of good shots. And uh, Natasha Cloud, I want to talk about her struggles on offense a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, she also had a rough game shooting and, and like some of those shots should have just gone in like realistically. So I think, it, you know, yeah. there's things on both sides. You're like, okay, we were unlucky, but I, I think for the mystics, honestly, one of the biggest things that's been coming mm-hmm. from this has been Tiana Hawkins, uh, her confidence. I mean, two straight games with 17 points. Yeah. That's the first time she's had a streak of 50 of uh, 15 plus point games consecutively mm-hmm. since uh, 2019. And I don't, I, I can't remember a time where she's played this confident. I'm just, we talked a little bit about it last week. I'm just really happy uh, to see her like step back on, on Neke Gumake in the corner. In like, the corner. I'm like, all right. Ball too. And, she, and she's playing so confidently and freely. Yeah. And, you know, her defense has been good. She's been playing well on, on both ends. So I'm just really, really happy to see that. And then obviously Queen Egbo, career high 15 points, showing yeah. a lot of potential. She's not consistent yet. She's young, but a lot, a lot of potential as a future piece in terms of being a backup center, uh, just due to her length, her shot blocking, her rolling to the rim and her ability to find points in this offense. So yeah, that was great to see that from the uh, the front court. Yeah, no question. I mean, you're talking about Shakira Austin and Elena Deladon being out, right? Uh, I know Shakira's been out since June 25th and and Elena Deladon probably around, you know, the same amount of time. Yeah. Feels like she was right after that. It's just been crazy. But I think, yeah, Tiana Hawkins has been amazing this season. I mean, just thrilling to watch the way that she has played with the level of confidence that she's played with. I know she's had two double doubles. Um, I know that she is, um, you know, she's going to fight you on the glass. Like that's just a given. She's going to bring all of the energy there. But when you're talking about Queen Egbo yesterday, her ability to knock in that mid range shot. Yes. I, I was, I was really happy to see that. And not that she's never shown that, but she hasn't shown that consistently throughout a game here in DC, I've seen it at Baylor and I've seen it at, you know, when she was at uh, Indiana last year as a rookie, she's only second year. Um, but I just thought it was really fun to see her play the way that she did. And, you know, her mid range game, she was in the pinch post, knocking down turnaround faders. And she was right there inside the nail, boom, mid range. She got fouled on one of them, knocked that in and one. I'm like, okay. So my thought process is outside of, um, Beyonce being in town and me calling uh-huh. her Queen E. That's what I put out there because I thought it was really good. Anyway, um, but she got the hard hat, you know, because she was on the glass. Um, I think she had nine rebounds too. Yeah. So she was fighting on the boards. But I think when Deladon and Austin come back, Gabe, listen, that's gonna be, and the way the way that they have been playing, with Hawkins and and Egbo have been playing, how fun is that gonna be? Right to have all that depth on the interior, 
That's gonna be fun. Well, it solves a huge problem the Mystics had, which was their backup, their backup front court situation. It was questionable coming in because people hadn't seen all the I mean, we saw all the work that Tiana put in, so we were pretty yeah. confident in her abilities. But like, you know, there, there wasn't that kind of backup center that was like, I'm no. gonna protect the paint in the same yeah. way that you know, it's not the same way that Sh- Shakira can do it, but in the same, you know, style that yeah. Shakira does it. They didn't have that. And you no. know, Egbo really helps that. And then you have Tiana Hawkins. You're playing like this. Like, there you go. There we go. We have a really strong backup uh, front court. And then the back court is still, they haven't found that quite the depth, but I think Lee Monk's playing well. Uh, yeah. And Brittany Sykes, I said she only had seven points, but she dominated the game. And like, I watch, I'm watching it back. Um, she just, if she dominated. Yeah. It was like every time, like she got penetration when the team yeah. needed it. She got, big, she got big buckets in transition when they needed it. She got mm-hmm. the steal, she got the rebound, she got the assist. She was she was all over the place. They were denying her, so she just found the outlets. And, mm-hmm. like, that was really impressive to me. Because, like, yeah. yeah, the scoring's great for Brittany Sykes. and But we know she can do that. I want to see her yeah. do this stuff a little bit more. Because I think, like, when Ariel Atkins is around and Elena Deladon's around and Shakira's around, there's less scoring. So we're going to see that aspect of her game more. And I love that aspect of her game because I think she's just a phenomenal player. And especially on a night where, where uh, Natasha struggled to, to put the ball in the hoop, I uh, still had six assists, like another, another good game on that front. Still a great defensive player, still had the game stealing, steal all that stuff. Yeah. But like still struggling to put the ball in the basket for Brittany Sykes to also not be able to put the ball in the basket and the team still win says a lot about, what they're doing. I mean, I still a little concerned about the backup and the depth in the front and the backcourt uh, yeah. as the season goes on. Um, and yeah. depth just back. overall, do you like, uh, and it's hard yeah. to say that the whole team's going to be healthy, but like, yeah. this is, this was encouraging and hopefully they need to pick up that game on Sunday personally, in my opinion, I think they need that one too. Yeah. And I think for more reasons than the record, I mean, they're sitting at 13 and 13 right now, Washington is. And, I think just for confidence, you know, moving forward until the bodies return to the floor. I saw the injury report. No one's coming back. All four still out. Tolliver's still out. Uh, Atkins, you know, and then uh, Deladon and um, Shakira Austin. So, you know, they're going to have to fight for this win tomorrow. And I think it's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be a pivotal situation, like you said. I mean, uh, 26 games in to a 40-game season. I mean, you don't want to wait until the last five games to try to force yourselves into the win column. So I think they just have to obviously take care of some things. So it's not as close, but at the same time, they're going to have to, you know, bear down. They're going to have to bear down and, and focus on um, what they did well yesterday. But at the same time, you're looking at an LA team that's hungry and not that Washington isn't, but they're hungry because they lost on Friday. Right. I mean, it's gonna be, that's something you can't really, uh, scout again. So we were talking about, um, you know, how um, the aces play, you know, just kind of read and react kind of situations. And LA kind of plays like that. And they run a lot of screening actions, um, but a lot of it is read and react. A lot of it is, um, you know, just trying to, to set teammates up. Um, and that's how um, Kurt Miller said he's played when he was at Colorado State. He coached Becky Hammond there. And then Bowling Green, he coached there mm-hmm. and obviously Connecticut and now LA. So he runs a lot of pick and roll actions. Um, when the play breaks down, you're playing pickup out on the yard, the Berry Farms, right? You're going to run a pick and roll. Like you, you don't have yeah. sets, but you will see what teams do when you try to set some screening actions or, or ghost or, you know, yeah. um, slip and all that other stuff you can do. But it's just interesting to see 
you know, it'll, it will be interesting to see what kinds of adjustments will be made. I know Washington threw a little zone in there, and they've been doing that this. That week. was huge. That they've little doing- that little stretch with the zone was big. It made a difference. They got glass. They got the glass work during that time, right? Um, and and got the possessions that they needed. And you're talking a one possession win. So mm-hmm. I just thought the zone kind of you know took LA out of rhythm. They were, yep. they weren't going in to uh, NECA as easily. Um, the ball when it did get in there, they were muddying it up. It you know really complicated um, any clean looks in in the paint. So that'll be interesting to see if they do a little more zone because of how effective it was when they used it during that stretch to uh, solidify the win. Well, and they, you know, I think the DC had a lot of great tactical decisions defensively. They iced, they iced the pick and rolls. They really wanted to, they sold out to stop the drill penetration. They said, you're not going to score in the paint. They did yeah. a good job of that. You know, yeah. and, they, and they pushed, they pushed um, LA to the mid range and LA just mm-hmm. couldn't make any of those mid range shots. And they got, they got to the right shooters. Right? They got the right shooters taking those mid rangers. So yeah. great defense, but really, and, and, uh, you know, this is Miami Heat quote, as always, like, oh. Defense is about multiple efforts on every single play. I like it. It's about doing two things. And this is a, this is a Baylor quote, Baylor <laughs> Memphis quote. You got to do two things at once in basketball. If you're doing one thing, you're not doing enough. If you're only guarding your man on defense, you're not doing enough. You're not helping. You got to be doing two things, three things. And I think the Mystics last night, top to bottom, did a great job giving those multiple efforts. Okay. Yeah. We iced it. They slipped it. We're recovering to the popper. You're rotating over here. Natasha, give ball pressure so they can't get that pass off as much. It was very yeah. instinct, very on a string, and, and they got enough misses to win the game by one possession. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I think I think for L.A., you know, you mentioned they play a lot of read and react. They don't have the talent that the Aces do. Uh, so they're going to need to be – I think they're going to be need to be a little bit more intentional about, okay, mm-hmm. we're not just going to take what the def- what D.C. gives us. D.C. is too good of a defense for us to just yeah. take that. We're going to need a forced issue, and and whether that mm-hmm. I don't know what the answer is necessarily. Maybe it's getting the ball down to Neca in the post a little more. Maybe it's letting her work uh, against mismatches on the perimeter a little bit more. She has a great mm-hmm. rip through. Maybe it's getting her the ball in the short corner. I'm not sure what the exact answer is right. for them, but I think they just need to be a little bit more intentional in terms of, hey, yeah, we got you know, uh, Azrae Stevens had a nice game shooting because they were giving up the pop. Well, yeah, we don't want that. Like we need to we need to get into the paint more if you're LA. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, Washington's going to have to adjust to whatever adjustments LA is going to do to get that. And so, a little chess match. I mean, I love having these two games straight. I think we've talked, you know, these games have happened a lot uh, in the past yeah. just because of the travel um, implications. So, it's really interesting. I think this is like the hardest coaching you're going to have to do outside of the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And I, I love the fact that I, I like these back to back games. I don't know. I don't know who doesn't like them. I love them. I think they're really intriguing. Huh? I'm a fan of them. I'm with you. I'm a fan of that, you know, but I'm also a fan of, you know, four games between the Las Vegas Aces and New York Liberty this month. So I'm a fan of that too. Um, it's like a little appetizer for the playoffs and, and you, know, you have to be ready and you have to make, um, again, you have to make quick pivots, uh, not just with one day in between, but I'm talking about in game. And I think with Kurt Miller and, Eric Tebow and Mike Tebow, the GM for the Mystics. I mean, they're all, um, they, they share the same pillars of understanding and mm-hmm. philosophy. And I think that's the word that Kurt Miller used uh, pregame yesterday with us when we were talking to him. He said, you know, we share the same pillars of, of understanding the game. And he said he's learned so much from Mike Tebow and, and Eric. 
and uh, vice versa, right? Like they've seen a lot of Connecticut. That's who they beat in the in the title game in 2019 and in five game series. So, I mean, they're very familiar with um, with what they like to do defensively in particular. And I think that's what Eric was saying. Like, you know, they look like a Kurt Miller coach team on the defensive end. And it's just yeah. the principles there. And um, and you saw it a couple times too defensively last night where LA blitzed the ball handler, whether it was Sykes or Cloud. Mm-hmm. And Eric was anticipating that. He was like, you know, they're probably going to try to get it out of their hands, you know, so they can't score. And they did take them out of rhythm, right? So yeah. they had to give it up. So the shots they did take, you know, they were tougher shots. Um, but Sykes almost had a triple-double. Didn't she have seven or eight assists and seven or eight rebounds? Yeah, so- yeah, it was a ridiculous line. Yeah, she um, was real close. Let me see. She didn't have the – I don't think she had double in anything. She just was, like, close Great. to a quadruple-double or something. Let me see. Yeah. So she had uh, – end, ended the game with eight points. Okay. Eight yeah. points, eight assists, seven rebounds, four steals. Ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous. Oh, for six from three, too, like – she went three for 15, and we're sitting here talking about her having a good game. Um, um, that's awesome. That's like how it should be. And and, and, and and Natasha Cloud, three for nine, and we can sit here and point to good stuff she did to help them win the game. Yeah. I think that's – when you're hurt, you need something. You got to do Sometimes something. you need a player that has that's three for 15 to have eight assists. Right. that doesn't happen often. And, and board work. And that's the thing. It's like you're talking about Brittany Sykes. Okay, those three games that they lost, okay, I think she had uh, – Four steals. I think it was Minnesota, then Dallas. She had five steals. No, yeah, it was six. She, she had, had six in one of them. She had six the, on in Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. right. So she had fifteen steals in those three games. Okay, and then she comes right back out of the gates after that and gets four steals mm-hmm. last night. I mean, lost struggling in offense. She's a machine. Like she's just gonna go hard. That's what I was talking about. Like you got to respect that in yeah. players. Like, I don't care if you're a coach or a fan or a teammate <laughs> or opponent. Okay. You're going to respect the fact that a player like Brittany Sykes is going to come at you every single time, no plays off and, and no time during that play is going to be taken off by her. Like, uh, you know, and you can say that about a lot of different players like cloud. Okay. But when you have Brittany Sykes, who's new to this group this year, I think it's really been fun um, to watch the fire that she plays with with this group. It's almost like they're. It's like you know you have a candle, two candles, and they're you, you know they're right, right here with each other. That's Cloud and Sykes to me. Like yeah. they're just both like so fiery and, and just fantastic um, in that way uh, that they communicate. They communicate, but that they compete. Um, but I, I just think it's interesting to to watch that dynamic continue to mature and, yeah. and um, they're I, unlocking I, they're I, unlocking I them, each other right they're unlocking things that the other can do and I think one of the biggest reasons Brittany Sykes has been able to play like this this year is because she's playing next to Natasha Cloud absolutely I don't think that happens if you say oh you know hey Brittany Sykes take over the point guard responsibilities all the time that that's not her that's not the way that's not the way she wants to play is not like that yeah. like they both want to have someone take over those roles. And I think they really complement each other. Well, you know, if they were, it, it's a lot easier when they're shooting well to see mm-hmm. that kind of offensive vision. But I think just like the defensive vision, first off is always there because that effort that you're talking about. And yeah. secondly, like they really just do a great job of helping each other, helping unlock each other in this mm-hmm. game. So, I mean, I'm excited for the mystics. I hope they get healthy because I'm tired of talking about, uh, you know, good things and it's so you know, I, I want them to just be healthy. So we could talk about them as a full team for LA. I mean, 
you know, I, I, I honestly, I just don't think this is the, you know, we talked about KYP, know your personnel. Yeah. I'm not sure this is a, the full Kurt Miller group. He has a few of his players in there. I think it's just not the group he's used to coaching. Um, and it's tough because they just like their depth is lacking and they've had injuries and all that. And so yeah. I think given, you know, given more time, Kurt Miller will show up and, and it'll be even, it will look more like the Kurt Miller teams that we've seen. Um, but, you know, Zia Cook. You know, I, I don't. I haven't looked at their stats. I'm sure they're not like great. Just I'm right about. I'm right about Zaya Cook. We're, right. We can go back to our, my draft takes. <laughs> I'm right about Zaya Cook. She's going to be a player in this league, and she's going to be a player for a long time. Yeah, nah, she plays with some grit. Okay, mm-hmm. there was a play. Who was it that drove in? I think it was Shatori Walker Kimbrough, and was late in the game. Mm-hmm. Shatori went up to take a drive to the rim, and she tied her up and just ripped the ball. Yeah. And I'm like, oh okay like okay <laughs> okay but and she knocked down some some threes that were you know much needed for them momentum wise mm-hmm. but yeah she's got a bright future i mean she's got the and that's the thing in the final four i think i mentioned that too last night on the on the broadcast that you know when she was playing in the final four this past season i know they won it um in 2022 but um in the final four like she was the best player on the floor and that's no shade to anybody else who was out there. She was best player on the floor, man. She was killing. And it was just the confidence and the pro-ready attack that she had, um, her body balance on defense and her knowledge of where to be on the defensive end, I thought was really fun to watch too. But yeah, I mean, I think I think her future, you're talking about Queen Egbo and Shakira Austin and like all these like, first second year players i mean the league is in great hands it's, it's league is in great hands man you know i know we started with with tarasi you know and you know how how long her tenure has been in the league but man the the baton has been passed with some really great kids who are are hooping you know as as rookies and, then, and second year players and then and we have you know we have the we already see that next group of uh superstars super duper stars great you know faces of the league we have those two yeah. You know, we have Asia and Brianna and then the group all around them. Yeah. And now we're talking about the next generation and it's looking, it's looking nice. And, you know, Fun, if you look in college, I don't have to tell you all the players that are coming out uh, very yeah. soon. So this is the, the league is, is bright. And, you know, we didn't even mention the league of Boston. We'll do, we'll, it will hit the teams that we've missed in a while. We haven't, I haven't talked about the fever in a bit. Yeah. So we'll talk, we'll talk yeah. about them soon. But I do need to, I, we, I need to go because Coco Goff is, uh, oh, is looking yeah. like she's going to pull this okay. match out in two sets. So. Yeah, I, if you saw my face be weird at some point, it's because she I and this and Samsonov, like they played an awesome point. It was it was a break point. Oh. For, like Samsonov needed it, uh, so Golf's opponent needed it, and it was just like, oof, fun dog, stuff. A dogged point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it, let's uh, no. let's head on out, and we'll talk. Uh, I got to talk tennis for like another uh, a day and a half, and then I'll give back all, all basketball. <laughs> no, I love it. No, it'll be fun, and uh, this was a great great conversation obviously with with everything going on in the WNBA and let's give Diana Taurasi her flowers and let her hold them by herself all right I'm just going to her jersey I was going to leave that there and then we didn't even talk about Skylar Dickens-Smith but we'll save that oh too. yeah we do need we'll to save that we got because, I was just excited to talk basketball I know yeah we just did all hoops but we're going to come back next time and talk about some other things too <laughs> but thank you guys for stopping by right here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast network for Courtside with Christy and Gabe 
we're gonna have to get out of here to cut the lights out on us we don't have to go home we gotta bounce out right now though but thanks again for joining us we will uh catch you on the flip side for gabe ibrahim i'm christy winter scott and we'll see you next time look around you can find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader